2: Podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Denny, and joining me to give their immediate reactions to Arsenal li- nil Liverpool two. The Premier League from the Emirates Stadium are Dave Hendrick and Jim Boardman. A lot of chat, David, in the immediate aftermath there on the Sky uh, coverage I was watching. um, Well, once we got away from the incessant moaning of uh, the the two usual suspects about Ramsdale's mistake, which was the only reason we won, of course. um, A lot of talk about how that win really seems to have in some people's minds Maybe even in ours, maybe even in yours, made the difference now in the the reality of this title challenge. I have to say it wasn't all hinging on that for me, especially after the result City had in their previous outing. But it really seems to have captured the imaginations of a lot of people now. In terms of well, actually, this seems like it's a really possible thing now. Carragher even saying that he thinks we're going to go on and win it. Um, just talk to me a little bit around the significance of the result because really that's all that matters in a night like tonight. Like.
3: Yeah, it's it's a big win. It's a big win, and that is all that matters. Now, I am a little bit confused about a couple of things here because Arsenal fans have been telling me for days that the Arteta masterclass is incoming, so I still have my screen open. I'm, I'm awaiting that because that's what I've been told that's coming. I've been told that Arsenal are back and they're going to beat Liverpool heavily, so I am looking forward to watching that whenever it starts now. Uh, what I have just watched was a Poundland Pep Guardiola get put across the knee of a master in Jurgen Klopp and get his backside paddled. Um, Gary Neville and Martin Tyler would have you believe that Arsenal wiped us off the pitch in the first half, when, in fact, we had more possession, more shots on target, more corners, and they created absolutely nothing. That was as we played poorly, and they played at the very best they're capable of in that first half. We matched them stride for stride, and, in fact, we had more of everything than dated in that first half. But Neville and Tyler wanted you to believe that Arsenal were giving us a going over. Nothing of the sort took place, obviously. And in the second half, we do what we do. We step it up through the gears and we just mow them down nice and comfortably. And as I said to Carl, unscouted, you punch that Arsenal team in the face and they will curl up in a ball. They do not have the testicular fortitude for a scrap. They don't have the leadership. They don't have the experience. They don't really have anything that you'd want. They've taken four points all season from losing positions. That's not a team you can hang your hat on. What that Arsenal team are, they're a collection of very talented young players who in three, four years might be pretty interesting. As it is, they're basically the best of the mediocre teams in the league. There's three good teams in the league. Two great teams, Liverpool City. One mediocre team, Chelsea. One good team in Chelsea. And all the rest are fairly mediocre. Some weeks they're good, some weeks they're awful. I never had any doubts about tonight's victory. Neville and Tyler, it sounded like they were going to cry after the first goal went in. It sounded like Tyler was going to jump out of the gantry and just do himself in after the second one. And of course, Sky want you to believe that tonight's the night we clawed our way back into the title race. Because... It's on sky and they want you to remember that when you saw Liverpool get themselves back into the title race, it was on sky and they were the ones that brought you the coverage. But the truth of the matter, like you said, Travis, City dropping points on Monday meant that a draw tonight would have been an absolutely fine result because we can still go to the Etihad and beat them. But what's really interesting is our next league game is the 2nd of April, at 12.30 kickoff against Watford. That game will be over before their game at Burnley begins. And if we win, we will be top of the league. And they're playing catch-up. So then they've got to play from behind. And as we saw in previous seasons, City don't play well from behind. City like to be flat-track bullies. They like to be out in front. But we saw from Palace a blueprint that teams can put into place to be aggressive, to be compact, to press them, make it awkward for them, be physical, and they don't like that at all. So I wouldn't be writing off Burnley's chances of causing a bit of an upset there, or at least giving them a fairly difficult afternoon as they try and catch up with us.
2: I think that's perfectly fair, yeah. And we will get back to this, the the pathetic scapegoating of Ramsdale as well, just as a kind of a uh, yet another factor in that negativity. Because, Jim, the thing to do is to focus, whether those of us who are... actually following the league in the form of the teams uh, were, were hardly surprised uh, by the fact that we won tonight or by the fact that Liverpool were going to be in the title race, regardless actually of what happened tonight. Um, we put that to one side, let the narrative meisters create their own little uh, uh, spiel for the gullible types who believe that kind of shite. What we've got to focus on is that in the in reality, in the context of our season, That is actually a massive win uh, from a character point of view because I don't think I've heard the Arsenal fans in such fine voice and so supportive of their team. Uh, Obviously, it feels a bit ludicrous at times when they're cheering for and demanding for things that just they don't deserve. But I have to say the racket they were making was tremendous because... We we've seen that place be an absolutely toxic hellhole. Um, you know, be it's been Arsenal fan TV writ large. But, you know, they had quite a bit of a cauldron atmosphere going on. They did have that uh, intensity about them and Martinelli was very very lively looking to go at Trent go at Henderson go at whoever he could over that side so we had to weather that storm and Jim weather that storm we did and when we hit them we hit them as they've said right on the nose made them bleed and then they got really sad and we hit them again and that is how you win things my
0: friend i think that kind of ruthlessness is a really important thing jim it is, yeah and I think i mean i'm not I'm not a massive fan of boxing, but I think we all enjoy a boxing match where someone goes out with a knockout rather than where you're waiting at the end and seeing how many points the judges have totted up per round for them, and I think liverpool kind of kind of i like that they're like a heavyweight boxer in that sense of sort of. You know, they're just letting the, letting the, the young pretender or whatever to, to come at them and, and try and do stuff. And knowing full well that they can weather that storm, if, if you can call it a storm tonight. But we've seen it time and time again from this Liverpool team. We just do what's needed. We let them think they're, they're coming on us. Let them let them run out of steam. We, we kind of did it against Brighton. We've even done it against Arsenal. For for all the... I mean, I, I do try and zone out from the commentary when it's the, uh, the two Morby brothers, but... You know, tonight they were talking as if Arsenal had had absolutely hammered Liverpool in the first half. And I'm thinking, have I been, are they commentating on a different game? Is this some old commentary or something from a game I've long since forgotten? Mm. You know, we were doing what what we needed to do. We're not, you know, we've got a long, well, there's not much of a season left, but there's a lot of games in it. We've got to, you know, we've not got to, you know, we've not got to sort of go all out every single game. We'd love to see Liverpool hammer team 6-0. But you know what? I wouldn't care if, you know, between now and the end of the season, we win every league game one 0 I'll be more than happy with that because we'll win the league. And that that is basically what we need to do. We need to, you know, use this squad wisely, which we've done today. We need to we need to look at what we're up against and just put them in the place, which is what we've done today. I mean, you were right. I mean Arsenal's ground was more atmospheric than it usually is. I mean, at times, it genuinely does remind me it's like Goodison South. You know, Anfield South is across the way at Wembley (laughs) and Goodison South at times is that place and Arteta just sort of, generally speaking, puts puts that on there. But tonight, there was a bit of pride from them. There was a bit of hope from them. Maybe that's reflected in what other fans of other clubs were thinking, that maybe this is a new Arsenal, maybe this is an Arsenal that's going to get into things and do well. They've got some good players in there or nearly good players. You know, they've almost a team... But they've still got a fair way to go and maybe maybe that's where the disappointment comes because Liverpool maybe, maybe, maybe ruined what they other people think was the best chance for Liverpool to slip up. But we take one game at a time. That next game in the league isn't going to be an easy one because it's against our old mate, isn't it? So yeah, you know, we've still got to put what we need to do into it. But if we do that, we can win. Every game, we can win any game if we do our job as we, as we can.
2: Yeah, I, I love the idea of a couple of sleeper agents from, um, <laughs> from, from Everton up in the crowd teaching the lads to say, fucking boo. Handball! <laughs> <laughs> and ball. And ball as well. Yeah. Right. We won't spend long on the Liverpool lineup. We, we, we're, we're just on a slightly tighter clock than usual. Um, he went with, uh, I think. A very strong team. Uh, the back four and Allison, the midfield trio that I think would be his favorite of Henderson, Fabinho and Thiago. And he went with Diaz, Jota and Mane with Mo stepping out with that injury, um, that he, uh, acquired on the last, um, outing. The subs bench looks fantastic with Kanate and Keita and Firmino and Mo and Joe Gomez and Ox and Curtis Jones and Taki and, uh, and Keller all on there. We'll take a minute just to look at Arsenal. Jim, I'll stay with you and I'll ask you just a specific question about them. They went with Ramsdale, Cedric... Uh, and Tierney uh, either side of uh, of uh, uh, Gabrielle and White. They had Party and Saka, uh, Saka and Odegaard, Martinelli and Lacazette, and that is a strong eleven with some as 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 Dave said earlier on, very good individual young kids there. Uh, speaking of which, they also on the bench there have the likes of Smith Rowe. Uh, they also had Pepe, Eddie and Ketia came on. They had Leno on the bench, Tavares, Sambi, Swanson, El Neni and Lakonga. I think I left out Rob Holling as well. That was their bench. It's a solid enough sort of a, a, a squad, the kind of squad you would expect to have a position roughly equivalent to where they are, um, provided they were having a bit of a coherent run. And and, and it does seem to give uh, the pound-shop Guardiola his, 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 his due, Jim. He does seem to have them um, in a sort of run uh, with a sort of a philosophy and a sort of way of playing ball. Um, when you were thinking about this team in advance of the game, um,
0: where were you seeing the potential threats? And did they manifest themselves as you had thought? I think I think the main threat is probably Martinelli. I thought I would have expected more from the Saka. Um I think he was really quiet today, and I think that's not necessarily because he played badly, it's maybe that we just kept him quiet. Martinelli does look tricky, but the, the, the problem is he's as good as he looks, he's not got the teammates around him to make the most of the stuff he does. So it kind of ends up creating nothing. I think I think the the only chance they got for most of that game was a mistake we made. So You know, as as good as it is, they are. I think Dave's right. It is a team of individuals, but they are starting to work a little bit more as a team. And I think, yeah, Palm Shot Guardiola is going to, you know, maybe he'll be Aldi Guardiola soon, you know, just get that little bit, little bit better. You know, he's learning, learning at at the top level. He's surely going to get better. But all that depends on the fans, though, as well. So, you know, the reason Everton is struggling at the minute is because they basically just hate every manager five minutes after he comes the manager and they blame everything on, on him, yeah. you know. And I think Arteta's got a bit of a leeway because he's, you know, they, they see him as a legend, so they give him more room, they give him more breathing space. But eventually he's going to run out. But you know, if, if he can keep building on this team, then he's not going to have a bad side. But it still feels like there's a long way between them and us, just like there was a long way between us and the top two, you know, back for the last couple of decades. So, you know, I think... I'm not sort of being arrogant here, but I do think we're a good few steps ahead of them. But, as Dave said as well, us and City probably are a good few steps of everyone. That's
2: true. Dave, just to give you a a speak on Arsenal before we start getting into the match details. um, You know, you can... I often say this, uh, and it it, it it's oversimplistic, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say. You can, you absolutely can see what what the idea is, and as you alluded to earlier on, um, it, with Crystal Palace, who had a uh, shown teams how they could possibly get at City. Someone like Inter Milan had shown what you should do for Liverpool, when you're really? playing Liverpool. You give them not a fucking moment on the ball. You absolutely annoy the ever-loving shit out of them. You try to force mistakes. You try to maximise those mistakes. As Jim said, occasionally then, they were able to spring Martinelli, who is a very, very clever player. Jürgen talks about him a lot. Uh, and that was the game plan... You know, in terms of massive chances created, you know, let's, let's we let's call a spade a spade. There aren't many. Um, but you can see what it is they're trying to do. And I think Jim might be onto something there. I like Lacazette, but maybe with a different type of striker up there, uh, you might be better in a better opportunity. Like a near post, like little flick merchant, like Bobby, who can do the lot. Um, maybe they might be in a better place to uh, to exploit uh, the talents that they've got there. Um, just a quick reaction to that Arsenal setup before we get into the details of the match.
3: Yeah, I mean that's nominally what they would class as their best eleven, bar Cedric in for Tommy Asu at right back. And I mean, you'd look at that team and you'd say Aaron Ramsdale, no thank you; Ben White, no thank you; Granite Jacket, massive, no thank you. And Lacazette, while a good player, he's not going to win you anything of major concern. So, I mean, that's, you know, four areas that they've still got that are a long way short of what's needed to really compete in this league. And unfortunately for them, they spent 75 million, on the combination of Ramsdale and White. So they're going to have them for the long term. This is, you know, united with Harry Maguire and Juan bissaka spending huge, immense money on average players. And getting really excited when they have decent runs of form against bad teams. And then when they play against big teams, they get found out a little bit. I do think they'd be more threatening with a real number nine. But I mean, the number nine got no no, no service tonight. It's not like Lacazette missed a bunch of chances or got put into good positions. Robbo shut down Saka. Martinelli had a good game. There's no doubt. As great as I love Saka. I love Smith Rowe. I really like Odegaard. But Martinelli is the one that would be best suited to how we play. He he is a very, very special player and they did spring him a couple of times and it was the same thing as Inter did sort of overload onto to, to their, their right, our left switch to play and try and get Martinelli 1v1 against Trent the way Inter did with Perisic but I mean what did Martinelli really manage in the game? He had one chance, one shot in the 87th minute aside from that He had some flashy runs and then ended up turning back and running across the midfield to lay the ball back to Granit Xhaka. I mean, let's not overhype a performance where, yes, he looked really threatening and, yes, he was dangerous and he showed great pace and great determination, but he didn't create anything. Didn't trouble us at that one shot. One shot. That's it. So I think massive credit goes to Trent tonight for dealing with that threat.
0: Yeah, grew
2: into it as well, didn't he? The longer the game went on, you could see... Uh, just Trent emerge on top, mm. and it was, it was it was lovely to watch. And we'll we'll have those moments to kind of savor as we go through. Let's get into the details of the match because there are quite a few incidents to chat about. Um, Andre Mariner gets the game started, uh, and that's all you can say about Andre Mariner. To be honest, on the on the on the on the balance of the game as a whole,
3: I I'd um, imagine you, you work with a few lads that look a bit like Andre Mariner, like some of the geography teachers or something probably look a different <laughs> on them now, you know, like late 40s kind of unathletic really disinterested in life you know they didn't get to do what they wanted with life so they became a geography teacher which you know is nobody's chosen path <laughs> apologies so, to all my geography teaching friends who are listening to this
2: <laughs> oh, it's harsh Dave but I'll, I'll go on with it uh, can, can I, I just can do be- a quick
3: can I just do a quick goalkeeper watch as well because like the more I look at Aaron Ramsdale, the less he looks like a football player. And the longer the game goes on, and he start, he actually starts to look exhausted. It's like you're a goalkeeper, son. You're not exactly running around. You know when when you're a kid and like you're going out and playing football with your mates in the summer, and one of them has like a cousin that has come up from like Offley or somewhere, and he's just a proper big spuddy fella. He's no interest in football, spuddy. doesn't play, but he plays a bit of hurling or a bit of rugby or something, and you just think, right, you're big, you're awkward looking, you're all kind of arms and legs, you haven't really grown into your body, and you're obviously a lunatic because you play hurling, so we're going to stick you in goal. And he just like flings himself about, arms and legs everywhere, no idea if the ball is going to get stopped or ending, but he's having a great old time. Like He's having a blast. <laughs> and if he makes a save, it's a huge bonus to him. Yeah, and yeah. that's basically what Aaron Ramsdale is. He's that that cousin of not your cousin now, because your cousin has a bit of technical ability. He's the cousin of one of the lads from the estate or the the you know the area who's come up from Offley, where you know you don't see much of anything really. The sun doesn't shine. There's no girls or anything in the region, so you just kind of live on a farm yeah. and you come <laughs> up. You play a bit of hurling at the weekend just because you know that's what you're told to go and do. But you'd, you'd rather be milking cows. So they stick you in goal, and you just like you just literally fling yourself around, and you go home. Your mother's like, Why are you covered in muck? Oh, I was in goal today. Did you you win? No, no, I didn't. Five,
0: but you're lucky. I made one good save. That's (laughs) (laughs) Aaron (laughs) Ramsdale. I didn't, I didn't. As the star of uh, Premier League, the musical, where you've got someone who's pretending to save goals on the pitch. You know, maybe one's taken by Diana Ross <laughs> out of the World Cup USA. And he's just sort of throwing himself around everywhere. And they look good, these moves he's making. They look like he's making good saves. But half the time, he's not even touching the ball. Uh, you know, it uh, looks good. You know, i was I'm not sure what to, the songs are, though. I was trying to defend the poor bastard. Anyway, here we go, here we go. He's <laughs> some of
2: these uh, jazz hands cousin Alton up from Tullamore throwing himself around the goals tremendous stuff Uh, the man himself is going to be involved eventually, it'll take a while for us to get to him but we will Uh, the match starts with a dangerous ball in from Trent in the first minute led to a sequence of corners and from the last of those Virgil uh, makes brilliant contact with uh, the corner to bullet a header into the bottom left hand uh, corner as he's uh, as bottom right hand corner as we're looking at it and to be fair Cousin Olton from Tullamore gets down well to claw it out, batter it away or do whatever he does with it um, it's one he should say but he does we see a lovely Robo tackle a nice bit of cover versus Saka on three minutes and that was a feature of the match from several of our players I thought Robbo was outstanding this evening. Uh, Tyler and 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 uh, Neville just absolutely <laughs> desperate. They're talking over all of our play uh, in these these sort of monosyllabic tones, uh, and then get giddy. Uh, as, 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 uh, they play it a little bit forward past the halfway line and talk about their composure and all the rest of it. It's, it's remarkable. The agenda was set. What I'm saying to you is from within the first five to eight minutes, you could see it. Um, eight minutes in, Martinelli has a cross shot, which is claimed by Ali after a deep sack at ball over across the pitch to him. On 14 minutes, Martinelli again, very dangerous cross, really well cleared by Robbo in the 60-yard box. Uh, and Neville says, I've always said, if you're going to get a Liverpool, that's the side to do it. So another narrative being perpetuated by that fucking absolute I don't know, what, what I, don't, I don't even get into it, but again, Trent is shit at defending, is what, what Neville is, is dog whistling away in the corner there, uh, great ball in by Thiago, um, I, to Trent who's in acres of space in 17 minutes, but we get no, uh, nothing from it, uh, Sadio probably exaggerates a bit of contact uh, on about 20 minutes. Uh, Neville wants him to get a yellow card. He's the only one talking about it. nobody else's. And on 22 minutes and Jim, I'll just take this chunk of the match with you. Cedric drags a shot pretty well wide of the right hand post as we're looking at it. Um, it was a little bit of a move for them and he pulls the shot kind of hopelessly across goal. Uh, I'm going to pause it there because the amount of incidents in the first half uh, are minimal enough. That opening chunk of the game was very interesting. It was an interesting watch. It felt tense, Jim, because of atmosphere. For me, the, like I say, the the constant withering the background was getting oppressive. But I also thought that for all their sort of energy and enthusiasm, I thought our lads were very, very solid. And you know, by the time we get to talk about the second half and the second half of the second half in particular. That we have blocks and foot-ins going on everywhere. And we're just absolutely saying, you know, go away. Go away, children. Nothing for you here. But in this early going, it was really that kiddie toddler energy. That's what Arsenal had. They had toddler energy. They were flying around the place. And of
0: course, that does always drain away. What did you make of that opening 22, 23 minutes? That's what yeah, that's that's it for me. I think there was nothing massively memorable about that that spell of the game other than I mean, put it this way, if they didn't have the commentary on there, be even less to talk about because the, probably the commentary and how shit it was was probably one of the the most memorable bit, bits from that part of the game. But yeah, we did start off strong and then we kind of we let them come at us. And I do think that's a good analogy, the toddler thing. It's almost like, I don't know, if you imagine the Liverpool players back in the day when Kenny and Terry McDermott and players like that were playing for Liverpool down at Melwood... Doing five aside and they bring some of the young lads in to play against them and they probably let them run around and have a lot of the ball for the first few minutes. Then next thing you know, all the tricks are coming out and they're just leaving the lads sat on their ass, the young lads. And it, although we didn't quite go that way, I think you know, in a respectful way, that's what we've kind of done. We've kind of said, well, come on then, show us what you've got. And whenever Trent is is sort of challenged and looking a bit lost, you know, and what, what Neville fails to mention is that there's someone there waiting to help him out there's always someone there waiting to help you out when you're a liverpool player you're very rarely left on your own there's the 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 sort of your teammates are wise to what's going on they can see the danger so even if you haven't quite got the ability to deal with the danger whether that's because you've been tricked or you've been caught out or you've been lazy but unusual for a liverpool player to be lazy certainly not trent but when that happens you you've got someone to help you out and I'm sure Neville never had that at United. He, he was probably, you know, for a, a team that was so creative at times and so much, so littered with skill, he was like the, the one that was just plodding along at the, at the back in defense, playing a role, nothing like the one that Trent plays as a right back. He only got into the England team because Rob Jones got injured. So anyway, let's not talk about Neville too much. I think, it was just so different what I was hearing and what I was seeing because we were t- they were talking like Arsenal were all over us like this was an amazing team they were okay and I think it's it's the same with the goalkeeper he's not the worst goalkeeper in the world but he is not the best either and it's this thing that everything has to be one extreme or the other yeah I, I, you know and I think with those we the extremes we had were we just let them come at us for a bit and I don't feel I didn't feel particularly worried other than that that typical thing you have as a Liverpool fan you can't relax if you dare to relax someone will screw up but we don't seem to do that these days I think that's absolutely fair and you know just I, I, there's one more thing I have to
2: interject about Neville here as well because it does come on and be a feature of the rest of this half which I'm going to talk to Dave about now which is uh, Liverpool players getting fouled uh, mm-hmm. and Neville thinking that's not a foul and stating it's not a foul nobody asked him whether he thought it was or not but he goes out of his way. I swear to Christ if Walter Cronkite had come on uh, and said, President Kennedy has been shot, Neville would have said, No, he hasn't.
0: No, he hasn't. Not for me. Not for me, he hasn't. I'm, not sure, you know, he ha- he says, I'm not sure he has. That's his thing. He says, I'm not he, sure he has. I'm was. not sure he has, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well,
3: like there was one in the second half where Fabinho was clearly fouled by Odegaard and then Lacazette tackled him as well.
2: That and was, he that, just was that, that was right now. That was right now. 24 minutes. That, Odegaard that and Marc And yeah. no foul from me. It's
3: unbelievable. And then, and then after showing like six replays, which clearly show Odegaard chopping across Spino's legs, he goes, Oh, maybe. And he goes really quietly as the free kick has been taken. Oh, maybe Odegaard fouled him beforehand. Like, you're just a little rat. And what gets me right, I understand he's ex United. I understand that. There's a huge Liverpool-United rivalry that, you know, outdates all of us. But, like, when you were playing for United, your biggest rival wasn't us, because we were shit for most of that time. It was Arsenal. Arsenal, the team that hate you... Arsenal fans despise Gary Neville. He's at the centre of some of the most controversial moments in the whole Arsenal-United rivalry that ran from the late 90s to the late 2000s. That's his career.
0: Both sides had points at once because they were fighting on the pitch.
3: Yeah. And like, yeah. so what? what's this excitement for all things Arsenal and continuing to just ignore how. Ignore what's in front of you is that Liverpool are the better team on the pitch here and that Arsenal are playing at full pelt. Liverpool haven't broken sweat and yet they're very comfortably dealing with absolutely everything. Like, there was no you know, late blocks, there was no big saves, there was no last-minute tackles or anything. It was all very comfortable. The game was being played where we wanted it to be played, not where they wanted it to be played. Our centre-backs never got turned. Our full-backs weren't left 1v1. And yet Neville was making it out like this was prime Barcelona bending over Man United in the European Cup final in 2011. It's the most bizarre commentary I've heard.
2: So strange. And you know, the only moment where anything that you mentioned there did happen was on 32 minutes. We we had just kept playing away. We had started to get on top uh, in that period after the double foul on Fabinho that was no foul. Uh, we just started playing our football. However, on 32 minutes... Lacazette had his best moment of the match. He rolled Joel Matip, and there was an, a, a bit of ensuing carnage because he ran straight at goal, uh, and it ended with a Jaka cross shot. That cross shot from Jaka uh, went from left to right. It sort of scooped very, very, very much wide off the, off the yeah. target. And you would think that and it was Tyler the f-
3: nearly filled his nearly filled his trousers with no. an orgasm. It was absolutely—it—it it, it, it troubled
2: the corner flag, and—and and you wouldn't know it because the reaction was so remarkable. Now, to be honest as well, I have to say, in that first half, just to double down on it again and double down on the Robbo praise. I told made a few fantastic headed interceptions in this first half. He's. We know he reads the game very well. But we also know that in his early days, occasionally he just get kind of caught backpedaling. He doesn't seem to now. It's just like he's getting better and better. Some fantastic headed interceptions. Just nodding out for a throw or down to a teammate or whatever. It's great to see uh, as they're trying to launch counters. There was a Cedric tackle in signing up that had Jürgen absolutely fuming. Uh, again, not a foul according to Gary Neville. A decent bit of cover there for Trent um uh, by Jordan Henderson on 36 minutes he'd like to see more of that uh, he'd been skinned by Martinelli and, and Henderson and I think as well uh, Joel got back to double up and and, and and quite that threat 40 minutes then in there was a decent move a really good cross by Trent led to a corner, nothing from that an absolute monster of a tackle by Fabinho on 44 and again in a way that you would think it wasn't even an effort at all. We almost snuck it at the at the death in on forty five minutes, Dave. A great ball over the top by Trent. Sadio got there and he was a bit wild with his attempt on goal because he is, he is in on goal. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not an easy chance at all. The pass is outrageous and he takes it in a stride and he kind of shoots over the top. And we could have absolutely sickened them going in at half time with that. And it would have been no less than we deserved. But just the balance of that for first half, then David, if there's anything you want to pick up on and you and I will take it then. Uh, up as far as the first goal uh, in the second half, whatever you have done with that.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, look, the first half, we didn't play well. Uh, they played as good as they're capable of playing, and yet we still had more more shots on target, 56% of the ball to their 44. We had four corners, they had none. Uh, we had the best chance of the half, that Sadio chance, and they created nothing. So. Despite Tyler and Neville trying to let the, I don't know, the blind viewers think that this was, you know, some one-sided ass-kicking that Liverpool were on the end of, we were very comfortable, very much in control, we were sloppy, but we still had the best chance, we still had the second best chance, which was the Virgil header, and all things considered, considering some of the poor performances in that first half by some of our lads, you are happy enough getting in at one at, at nil nil. One nil would have been absolutely perfect, but like you said, Sadio, it's the first touch. If that ball drops onto his right foot rather than his left, it's one, it's it's out of his feet and it's a goal. But because it it's off his left foot to control as the ball drops over his shoulder, it gives Gabriel the chance to get back and credit to Gabriel. He does very well to get back and put Sadio off, but. You never really felt like they were troubling us in that first half. Other than a few moments where, you know, Robbo oh. had to make some of those interventions, or Trent had that, you know, little moment where he got beaten, and, and Henderson and Matip got back. Other than that, I mean, that's in wide areas. You know, you're not concerned. We've got Van Dijk and Matip in the middle.
2: Gabriel looks quite classy, Dave.
3: Mm. Oh yeah. He he's a good centre back. Like he's tough. He's strong. He's good in the air. He's got a lovely left foot. He can ping a pass. He's got a decent recovery pace. He does need someone next to him to kind of... At times, he can just have those little lapses in concentration that you'll see with young defenders. And he's still quite a young defender. I mean, he's just gone 24 in December. Doesn't have a massive amount of high-level experience. Had one season with Lille well, one and a half seasons with Lille, and then he moved to Arsenal. Before that, he'd had a couple of failed loan spells, and that was it. So he joined Arsenal with only about, I'd say, 55, 60 high-level games under his belt. At Arsenal, he's had last season and this season. So, you know, he hasn't played in a whole bunch of meaningful games, and he hasn't played in many meaningful games against really good teams. So he's still learning, he's still a pop in terms of you know games played, but uh, he'll get there. He'll get there. He's going to be a good defender for them for a long time. They need to sort a couple of things. You know, the, the partner for him, I prefer someone better. And I mean, you, you're just never going to do anything when you've got Granite Jacket in your team. That that's always a liability. And we saw tonight how easy it was for us to kind of pop the ball around uh, Granite Jacka, and a lot of our best play came from that inside right channel with Trent moving on. Um, Maned coming narrow, or in the second half, Mo coming narrow and creating little pockets of space there. And a lot of that's just Jack and not doing his job. It does put extra pressure on Gabriel. So if you put someone good in front of him, I think he goes up a level.
2: Yeah, I think it's fair. Uh the second half began with Sadio, and the uh starting as he as he had ended the first half. He has the ball in the net from a Henderson through ball. He's ruled offside. I think it's clear enough that he probably was. Uh they didn't even bother showing any lines on the pitch, so uh we'll just go with that. Um but it's a nice way for us to start the half. Forty eight minutes, however, uh they're back looking like a little bit of a threat. Again, Martinelli did really, really well on our right side, uh, beating Henderson, beating Trent, centering. I think Robbo gets the clearance. Uh, Tyler, the absolute ball bag, says that would have been the best Premier League assist in history. Honestly, he said that. 51 minutes, Odegaard's shot is saved brilliantly by Ali. Uh, Tiago had played uh, Lacazette in with a really wayward pass. Um And that save from Ali goes out for a corner. The corner breaks eventually to Saka. He shoots low and quite tamely at Allison. And just as they think they're getting ahead of Steam up, Dave, we go 1-0 up. And to be fair, you couldn't have enjoyed it more because... Uh, After the goal was disallowed, it didn't look like there was any danger of this one being. So I did celebrate in the moment. uh, Old school. Uh, It was a brilliant through ball slid in by Thiago. Jota got himself uh, in on goal. He takes the opportunity with his left foot as he's bearing down on goal and beats Ramsdale at his near post. Uh, This is all that the two boys could talk about then afterwards was Ramsdale's mistake. But I think... It might be nice occasionally to give a little bit of credit to a bit of a visionary through ball and a really really smart first time uh, poachers finish at the near post. Bit of credit maybe for the keeper or for this goal scorer too.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the ball from Thiago is brilliant. It's, it's just an outstanding ball that completely splits them. It's a brilliant run by Jota as well. Gets it out of his feet and. It's just a great strike. Like, yeah, the keeper maybe should do better. But if you're six three six four, now I'm not, so I I can't really speak to this. But anyone listening might might be able to tell me if you're six three six four and someone shoots really hard and low right by your feet, I'd imagine it's quite difficult to get get your hand in. I've been watching David De Gea for Man United for a decade now frequently getting beaten in that type of situation. I see it happen with Thibaut Courtois. With a lot of tall goalkeepers, you see them struggling to get down to shots, hit hard by their feet. A lot of keepers will go with their feet. Dave, one
2: one of the few things... You you see, that's the thing. One of the few things I learned uh, in a repetitive fashion from my incessant reading of Roy of the Rovers comic, and especially stories like Goalkeeper, Mm. were that the shots that were, and I quote low and close to the body are the ones that keepers hate. And that stands to reason. So you've seen modern keepers get far better at sticking legs out. I think that's what you're chatting about there. And probably yeah. a different keeper might have gone, with the foot. Um But
3: not Cousin not But, not but cousin the, the problem is, more. But that's the thing. See, Cousin Oldton has really poor footwork. And if you watch Arsenal on a regular basis, one of the things you'll see is he'll make these spectacular saves. And you watch it back and you think, That's really close to him. Why has he had to make it look as difficult as he has? And oftentimes it's because his footwork is so poor. If you go back and watch when they played Leicester away and he made that save from the free kick that Peter Schmeichel said was the best save he'd seen in years. If you watch his footwork on that, his footwork makes it a very difficult save. Alisson takes two steps and catches that ball. But Ramsdale always seems to be bouncing He never seems to actually plant his feet and be ready to face a shot. He always seems to be on his toes. So he doesn't have that quick twitch to plant his feet and then get one out to try and save the ball. He has to go with his hands for things. I just think Jota knows the goalkeeper he's shooting against. And I think Jota's played the percentages of, yeah, it's a small gap. But if I put this low and hard by his feet, I'm betting he can't get to it. I think it's a brilliant finish, genuinely. I think
0: Jotter's got that speed of thought as well, I think. Mm. He he sees things and does them. He's a natural goal
3: scorer, isn't he? Like, that's the thing. He is a natural goal scorer. And I, I thought tonight was one of his sort of worst games that he's had for us. I thought he was really poor. But to be able to have that speed of thought, that clarity, and that confidence, even when playing poor, I think that shows the real measure of what a quality player he is. And speaking of quality, just to rewind to the, the Odegaard chance. I mean, it's a, it's a poor ball by Thiago. We'll, we'll all accept that. But Ali had nothing to do. Absolutely nothing to do bar a few kickouts and a few passes to come up big like that. That's the difference between a genuinely great goalkeeper and someone like cousin Alton, who will hurl himself about and he'll get in the way of most things, often by just pure dumb luck. That save by Allison, th- like watch the footwork of Allison. Watch how he waits. He makes Odegaard make the decision. He doesn't make the decision for Od- Odegaard. You're always taught as a defender and, and as a goalkeeper as well, let them make that decision. Don't make the decision for them. Don't make it easy. Put the pressure on them. Hold your nerve. And that's what Allison does. He Allison holds his nerve. Odegaard doesn't. Ali makes the great save. And that's it. And that's the first chance they've created. And it comes from, well, they didn't even create it. It's the first chance they had, and it came from our sloppy pass. So after 50 Mm -hmm. minutes of, according to Neville, them battering us, the first chance they get is from our sloppy pass. It, It spoke volumes of the gulf between the teams that we just went straight down the field, created the best chance of the game, and went one up.
2: And then Jim, as if as if to prove the veracity of Dave's assertion that uh, Jota had a very poor game, uh, Jurgen ruthlessly takes him straight off after scoring that great goal, uh, brings on Mo and Bobby Firmino uh, for himself and Diaz. I would say both Jota and Diaz really struggled to get into this game at all, uh, and I think they were the right substitutions to make, and credit where it's due. That would be my take on it. Um, that was fifty-four minutes. Uh, we soon saw uh, one of those outrageous crossfield balls uh, from Trent to Robbo in 57 minutes, which led to a corner and a wild Mo Salah effort. He was uh, buzzing around the place. Uh, He looked lively as well. Certainly no problems with his movement. That was encouraging, I thought. Uh, Now we're going to pause here because there's a goal to talk about. Then you and I will take it through uh, to the end of the second half. But let's enjoy this goal when it does come because, again, Credit to the manager, makes the substitution and he does the business. And Bobby really, I thought, helped us to start playing really well in those minutes, early minutes he was on the pitch. He was present. He was uh, recycling possession really well. He was showing for the ball. He was coming deep. He was uh, getting into offensive positions, linking up really well. And he continued to do that for the rest of the second half. And credit where it's due for that, I think, uh, to Bobby and to Jurgen for putting him on the park. Now, the goal itself, Jim, in 61 minutes, I spent a a little bit of time looking at this. It's Bobby himself who initially wins the ball on the right-hand side. He pulls the ball back from Mo Salah. His shot is blocked. The ball breaks across over to the left. Uh, Saka gets possession. Robbo closes him down in a way that's really, really good. He takes a step back and off, and his connection with the ball that he gets blocking Saka's effort just knocks it up the touchline Robbo chases onto it as only he can centers brilliantly across the six-yard box to Bobby who's made that run we were talking about earlier on that Arsenal were looking for uh, to find himself central and tap it home from a couple of feet out and he just felt that was it game over points in the bag because we just look like we'd stopped toying around and we just asserted ourselves
0: it was a really enjoyable goal and again one you could celebrate in the moment it was definitely i mean i think i think we said for for the game against brighton that we never got out of second gear and maybe maybe we were in second gear a lot of the game tonight but we 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 shifted we shifted into third gear maybe maybe even thought about going into fourth but we did we we sort of once we got them there we kind of we didn't sort of let them have another go as we as such, we we wanted to make sure of this. And that, that kind of went on throughout the rest of the game. There's no sort of sense of sitting back and being happy with the 2-0. I mean, I'm not saying we had loads of chances, but we 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 were ruthless. And that goal sort of sums up that ruthlessness. I mean, Firmino's come on, he's not played that much in recent times. But when he's played, he's been so good. It's it's been like the Bobby of older when he's been coming back into games. And it was that it was that not just you know sort of determination from two of the old stars, if you like, of our of our Champions League and and Premier League seasons that we've just had recently, our wins. Because Robo, we know what Robo does, and he's that determination and that and that that will to win and that 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 ability to just try something, you know. And that he didn't just block; he, he blocked and then went and won the ball, and then he didn't just win the ball he, and do something with it. He did something really good with it, but then. As you say, Firmino, it it sort of really pretty much started this move going, and then he's just in the right place at the right time to do a very, very Bobby Firmino thing, the way the ball went in, and you cannot, in any way, say, oh, that was that was some dodgy goalkeeping, or that was some poor defending, or that was some bad tactics from Arsenal. That was a good Liverpool goal. All. You can only come out with positives for it. There's no negatives for Arsenal. It was all positives for Liverpool. It was a brilliant goal. And that is probably why Tyler and Neville practically stopped speaking around then. Because for quite some time, they said nothing. They were stunned. Their dream was over. Um, and, and while that was going on, Bob, <laughs> was in the middle of the Liverpool fans' earning self-aware deserved Jim, yellow it, card.
3: It is very hard to talk with tears streaming down your face. <laughs> it's very hard to put words. You know, in, in, into light. Uh, just a quick aside, because Trev, you mentioned it earlier and I don't want to forget, Uh Jurgen Klopp to Sky, mainly directed, I believe. Oh, is this, Trent, yes? is this this Trent? Yes. If anybody says that Trent cannot defend, they can come to me and I'll knock them down. I cannot hear hey. that anymore. I don't know what more the boy has to do. I'm glad. I'm <laughs> glad that Klopp has come out and said it, because Trent has been exceptionally good defensively this season. I don't mean yeah. he's been exceptionally good by his, his level. I mean, I don't think there's a better defensive right back in the Premier League this season.
2: And so he gets beaten by a, an in really good attacker. That's what happens. It's what you do overall over the course of 90 minutes. It's absolute absurdity. We're getting into stupid levels of, do you remember where people were saying, oh, oh, we won the I, I dribble past Virgil van Dijk trophy. That's how high the standards are for our uh, defenders.
0: And Trent uh, has earned those high standards because think he would not attacking. If you if you um like so you go to Roy Hodgson and say Roy, you can have any any of these two full backs at the peak. one Trent or Gary Neville? Roy Hodgson will go Gary Neville every single time because that's Roy Hodgson's kind of football. Gary Neville suits that kind of football. If you want to watch that shite, feel free. If you ask what you want your full backs to be, feel free to go and watch that kind of shite. If you want your full backs to be like Trent, they don't just defend; they do so much more. Then come to Anfield. We've got we've got one there for you.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, again, delighted. Uh, I was just about to read that quote out. Delighted you, you did as well, Dave. Uh, it's spot on. Um, that is a fella there who is uh, looking after his own player. And, Jim, let's look through the remainder of the second half. Uh, uh, and then I will uh, go to Dave for his wrap-up thoughts and finish the show with yourself. So the way the thing pans out then, I don't think there's a whole lot of incident. uh there's a little chance Tiago to Mo on 66. They bring on Smith Rowe for Odegaard. Joel gets in a couple of really good blocks against Lacazette, and then Smith Rowe on 68 minutes and again on 69 minutes another interception by him. Then goes off on an adventure in 71. It was kind of the Joel show. I think that's what convinced uh, Neville to give him man the match. That'll spell there brilliant. Uh, Trent versus Martinelli on 73 minutes Joel helps out a little bit as well they bring on Pepe for Saka on 73 uh, Mo's buzzing around the place a lovely touch on 75 or 76 minutes there they bring on inketia looking to I think at this stage get some players off the pitch uh, and rest players up because the game's dead on 87 minutes to be fair they do open us up quite well they isolate Martinelli on the left He opens up his foot. It's a really good opportunity. He's bearing it on goal and sort of the way uh, Henri used to do. Opens up the inside of his foot. But he fires low and just wide of Ali's left post. We bring on Curtis for Thiago. Um, A nice reassuring take by Ali on 91 minutes. And then we finish as we often do. As we often have under Jurgen Klopp with uh, an attack. Mo into Sadio shot blocked. Just the balance of that second half. I know there's not much to talk about Jim so we
0: won't spend long on it but anything there that you want to just pick up on? I think yeah I mean I think look we've got another clean sheet as well I mean that's that's something else you can't you you can't deny is important to this Liverpool side clean sheets make Make, you know, make, make for good reading. And we, we were determined. As you say, Matt, it was, was, was outstanding today. Even like you did one of his, some of his little, um, adventure runs as well into the other box and stuff. He was, he, he's just been amazing this season. Not sure I would have put him as man of the match, but you know, it's Gary Neville, but it, that's not because he didn't, he wasn't great. He was, but th- there was just so much from Liverpool throughout. I think, I think we, we closed the game with, you know, happily we'd done it. We'd beat them 2-0. We, we, had a little couple of minus guys, nothing major. I think they had two shots on target all game, which says a hell of a lot. And as we've said already, one of those was because of a mistake we made. So yes. I think I think we did we did what was needed. And you know this this is what we've got to do. Every single game that comes, we've got to face what's in front of us. We've got to take each game as it comes, one at a time. All of these cliches, but that's what you do. And when you're as well drilled and well working together and 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 happy as this Liverpool side are to be within each other's company, then, you know, there's not much more that Klopp needs to do other than just point them to the pitch because they know what they're doing now. And it's, it's great. I think, you know, it could have, could have, could have been a different kind of game. The rain early on as well could have um, played a part in things, you know, because the passes never quite go where you want when it's, when the service is so greasy and all the rest of it. But you know what? Job done. Trip down to the capital. Late start. Don't know why it was such a late kickoff, but you know I'm sure Liverpool can travel home without it needing 60 grand as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'll be back to you
2: for a very last wrap ups in a minute, Dave. I know you need to get going, so when you finished here, feel free to log off, my friend, and we, me and Jim, will wrap it up and take it home. So, last minute thoughts from you?
3: Yeah, just really happy with the result. Uh, the performance obviously wasn't spectacular, but it was very solid. It's the type of win that you need when you're going for a title. Neville, of all people, should be very used to performances like that because he played in about 50 of them during his career as Manchester United rolled from title to title to title. And, you know, there's a professionalism about this squad. The one thing I did I did think Neville said that rang through was he said he didn't think Klopp would have needed to say much at halftime that he thought the players could police themselves. And I do think he's right. I do think there's enough old heads now in our squad and enough players who understand what's required, and especially having a guy like Thiago that we didn't have you know, when we won the title the first time. Just that serial winner, that guy who knows what it takes to win year after year after year. Adding that type of voice to the group, very, very important. And... Look, I think the last thing I'll say is I-, I thought Bobby looked really good when he came on tonight. I thought he was purposeful, linked to play well, harassed their centre-backs. Dog walked Ben White once or twice, which is always nice. And, you know, having Bobby back now in the mix with Jota, who, who will recapture form. We know that Salah, who will recapture form. Diaz it probably is probably his quietest game of the night. But we've seen what he can do. We know what Sadio's capable of. Having that five, that's something that can carry us the rest of the way. When you can put any three of them on the pitch and be confident what the outcome will be, I think that's such a strong position for us to be in. We're very, very fortunate to have Thiago and Nabi to rotate in that left-sided midfield role. So we always have one of them. We'll always have control of games once one of them is on the pitch. Fabinho tonight was just like on an entirely different level to every other holding midfielder in the game right now. Arsenal fans have been telling everybody for months that Partey has arrived. He's the best holding midfielder in the, in the Premier League. And tonight he was just completely outclassed by by Fab. The back four were brilliant. The keeper played really well. Only had the one save. To, he had two saves to make. One from the chance that Thiago created for them. And the other was like a, a fairly tamely struck shot by Saka from the edge of the box. That's it. But he did everything perfectly. And when he's in form, that back four plays that way. Fabinho's in that kind of form. The rest will take care of itself. There's, there's enough quality there that as long as they're on the pitch, that's six players, and they're playing like they did tonight, no one's beating us. No one's beating us. We can only beat ourselves from here. That's as simple as that. We like look. We could go to City and get a draw, and we could end up losing the title by a couple of by a point. And if that happens, so be it. So be it. There'll be no blame assigned. If we lose the title by a point, God bless City. Fair play to you, because you will have dealt with massive pressure and with a great team, a genuinely great Liverpool team, breathing down your necks for three months. And if they can outlast us over the rest of the season, you can't deny them the title. Fair play to them but I don't think they will. Yeah, I think we're right back in it. Like I said, we go Watford next in the league. We'll beat them. I think that's actually at home. So that's a home game. We'll beat them at home. Then they've got to go to Burnley. Then we go to them. And then after that, it gets interesting. After that, they've got Wolves away. They've got West Ham away. Whereas our toughest games, I mean, we've got United at home. That's three points. We've got Everton at home. That's three points. We've got Spurs at home. <laughs> That's probably three points as well. Like, we have the easier run. I think our last game is Wolves away. I think that's probably our toughest game. Oh, Wolf, is it Wolves home, our last game? I think it is Wolves home. So, that's probably the toughest game we have after City because, you know, I mean, Everton are a championship side. United haven't won anything in five years. So, you can't really relate to being a club like that. Um, you know, it, it's all looking very, very good for us. Hopefully, now we go on Sunday and uh, we can get a good result in the FA Cup away to Forest. I didn't know. Martin Tyler said tonight the first ever televised Premier League game on Sky was Liverpool versus Nottingham Forest. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, we were wearing green kits, back. I think.
3: We were with black shorts.
0: Um, possibly, it?
3: yeah. know was, yeah,
0: definitely green shirts. And we, I mean, we, we lost, uh, didn't we? Yes, we did.
3: Yeah, they had, did. They have Teddy Sheringham at that that time. They did.
0: They did, yeah. They yeah, had they did, Teddy
3: yeah. Sheringham, yeah, in between his Millwall and and Spurs. I do actually. Re- vaguely vaguely remember knowing that now i i I had completely forgotten it then so sorry martin tyler you didn't actually teach me anything so fuck you um (laughs) no that's that's basically it um yeah i two footed pod every day at 4 p.m daily red at lunchtime every day there'll be a scouted later in this week uh which will do a bit on on forest and we'll do a bit on something else as well and uh, yeah that is me folks thank you as always uh cheers boys i have to jump now so enjoy the rest of your nights and i'll talk to you both again soon
2: take care my man uh take care we'll talk to you soon jim let's bring it home with yourself then i mean there's plenty to 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 to, to reflect on we've probably done a, a Done credit, I think, to the game in terms of the picking up anything that really needed to be talked about. But there's always this sort of overriding feeling you're left with. What's sitting with you now as you look back on that? And if there is something specifically then that you've got coming up, do let people know about that. Yeah,
0: I think I think it's just this. Um, I think. I think it was actually ne- Neville and Tyler when they were sort of, they were basically doing a post-mortem of all their exciting plans for Liverpool throwing the league away. And they were talking about how in January they thought that it was all over and done with. Liverpool were about to lose some place to the African Cup of Nations and, and you know, the title race was over and done with. And I, and I remember thinking at the time, you know, and he should know this, title races are not over in January no matter, no matter how, you know, it, you're not being overly optimistic to think in January that you can still you know, realistically be in with a chance of the league because people do drop points. So I think a lot of Liverpool fans were in that boat as well in January. They were, you know, we started to get the people putting the complaints in and, you know, starting to get ready with the FSG out banners and all the rest of it, you know, really overreacting to the situation. And that's the last thing we can afford to do because although it's hard to see at the moment, we are on a really good run. But, you know, runs are there to sort of be broken. And there's a chance that between now and the end of the season we will drop points. But I think the way we're playing, we'll drop fewer points in City. And so, as a result, we could win the league. I mean, I'm not saying we will, but it feels strongly that we can. But the last thing we need is if we do have a a slip-up, that we don't all sort of see this massive overreaction of how rubbish we all have just suddenly become because of one game. You know, because things change in football. People lose games. Even City lose games and drop points. So, you know, we're in with a good chance. It's just a case of, like, everyone needs to keep their heads on. That's all. We'll keep keep enjoying it. The biggest, I mean, in, in some ways, the one game I might be worrying about most with what's left of the season is because um, we're playing that the derby against Everton and I can remember when it was the last day of the standing cup and I went and stood on the cup and we played Norwich and everyone thought that, you know, we'd, we'd send the cup off with a good win over Norwich. You know, they weren't a great team or anything. They beat us at Anfield and it was like, it just felt like the emotion got to us that day. You know, last chance to stand on the cup, last game in front of the cup as, as a standing um, terrace, so we lost, it got to us, and that could be the case against Everton because you know, it could be the last Merseyside derby for a while, with a bit of luck, so, uh, you know, we might not <laughs> let the emotion get to us that day, because we might not be having one of those for a while, but no, in all honesty, we we're, we're, we had such a blip in the COVID season, if you like, that that season was horrible in so many different ways, that season that was sort of, not, not the season that kind of got interrupted by COVID, the season that kind of began with COVID and just basically had COVID all the way through it, that was that was a horrific season and it feels like now we're back to where we were before COVID came along and interrupted everything and that's because we're a team that thrives on playing in front of fans and they were there again tonight, you know the, the travelling fans were there again sharing the team on and you know how much it means to the players the way Bobby showed it, so I think you know together. This is this is the thing as as a club we've always been about the players, the fans, the manager, the coaches. It's it's a big collective. We all do our bit. Whether you're there at the ground or you're from far away, you all do your bit. We've never been doing our bit, and those players have as well. So yeah, it's been it's been enjoyable. FA Cup next. Nottingham Forest decide that have you know they were kind of a bogey team for us as as they kept beating us in things like European Cups and League Cups for for a spell back when Kenny was playing for us, but. That's not the same team anymore. So we should do well on, on, on Sunday and get through to the FA Cup and just keep this amazing season going where, you know, we're, we're doing well. We're winning games. We're getting through rounds of cups. We didn't win in the European cup, but we still got through. So it's fun. It's enjoyable. It's not, it's not, um, it's good for us it's not good for the likes of tyler and so on as far as my shows are concerned i've nothing booked in now but i should have something booked in soon but you know what there's so much good stuff across anfield index i would say you don't need me just for now just go and check out a show that way my, my advice today go and check out a show you've not listened to before because it'll be better than you think great advice jim thanks for that and
2: just for the banter style of the night uh, Guy Drinkel has uh, supplied one that's going to cut right to the hearts of our two commentating chums. Diogo Jota has now scored as many Premier League goals at the Emirates as their favorite, Gabrielle Martinelli. There you go. That's <laughs> that's a lovely little testament to how we are doing uh, and how much uh, we should be enjoying this team of ours and the things that they're doing uh, to entertain us and uh, inspire us. I know I am enjoying it. Jim's sounding the right note there at the end. Like it, it, This is here. This is to be enjoyed, and uh, hopefully you're all doing that along with us. Uh, I've been Trev Downey. You heard Jim Boardman. You heard Dave Hendrick. Guy Drinkle has produced... Guy will be back in the saddle of the the host's chair for the FA Cup as he continues on that winning run that he's on in the cup competitions, long may it last. So you will enjoy that one. Hopefully the lads will be talking about a win in the immediate aftermath of that. And we'll be back. Uh, I'll be back for Watford uh, and my show at Jan and all the other shows. Oh, and also myself and Young Hendrick have a book show coming up for you as well we forgot to talk about. So keep your ears open for all of those things. And when Jim's ne- out next, keep your ears open for his show too. Uh, look, it's, uh, it's, it's happy days, folks. Enjoy them. Enjoy them while you can. Uh, and we will talk to you very soon.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel